0: Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, July 21st, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. For the past two years, no NFL team has had a longer season than the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's the idea, right? It starts with all teams beginning a training camp around the same time and ends with a Super Bowl appearance. The Chiefs begin their quest for a third straight Super Bowl on Friday when camp opens for quarterbacks and first-year players at Missouri Western in St. Joseph. On today's show, beat writers Herbie Teopi and Sam McDowell preview camp. We discuss what distinguishes an Andy Reid training camp and get into some position battles and players to watch. We also talk about the signing of defensive end Alex Okafor and wonder when Tyron Matthew is going to sign his extension. All of this on today's show so Let's get started with Herbie and Sam. Got the Chiefs guys here, Herbie Teopi and Sam McDowell, and we are T-minus two days before training camp begins in St. Joseph, Missouri at Missouri Western State University. And Herbie, I was, I was thinking about this uh, last night, that even though you've been covering the Chiefs for two years, you've covered two Super Bowl teams, you haven't covered training camp at St. Joe in, in, in a few years.
1: 2016 baby 2016 that was the last time I was up there in st. Joe
0: yeah um, so of course the, it was an unusual situation with the Chiefs and all the NFL last year because of the pandemic Yeah, we're, we're training at their you know at their facilities and uh, and you came after training camp started in 2019 and returned to Kansas City so um, so yeah so it's training camp it's it's three three and a half weeks of a lot of practice, a lot of heat, um, but a, a lot going on too. And I wanted to talk to you guys about Andy Reid training camps. Look, every every NFL team believes they're having a successful training camp. That's it's what we'll hear at the end of camps from all of the teams. But I really do think there is something about Chiefs training camp under Andy Reid that suggests he, he gets a lot out of uh, a lot of production out of his time uh, in St. Joseph. And uh, the, to me, the, the proof is in the way the team plays earlier in the season. They they win opening games. Um, and you go back to last year, as, as strange as last year's training camp was, they play some of their best football early. The win at Baltimore, the win at Buffalo, those games were early. Anyway, I, do, do you guys agree with that? Is there something to that? Herbie, start with you.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I'm going to go back to my first time on the beat. Uh, Andy Reid arrives here in 2013. Uh, I remember I did a story on what makes him unique about camp and Correll Buckhalter. I spoke to a few of his former Eagles players, Correll Buckhalter, Todd Pinkston. Uh, and I think the money quote was from Buckhalter. He says, Andy Reid's camps are hell. You know, you're just not going to find anything like it around the NFL because he packs so much into it. Former, Eagles tight end Chad Lewis, who's now at BYU, has really close relationship with Andy Reid. Says that the reason why is because Reed is so structured. He packs so much in, and everything is rigid. There's a reason behind everything that he does, and his current players, even when you when you ask them about it, they say the same thing. It's you know, go back to last year, uh, the abbreviated training camp, and he was able to get so much in, in what became essentially. Uh, In abbreviated camp because they didn't have OTAs or the mandatory mini camp, so he had to pack so much in. So yeah, you're absolutely correct. He does get the best out of his players. He knew what the camp schedule was going to be this year, and you you can make you you can pretty much be rest assured that he will get the most out of the time in St. Joe.
2: Yeah, Blair. I think the surprising thing, based on what you just said, is that um, because if you, I mean, Mahomes still hasn't lost a game in September, right? Right. Um, So if you look at just the the record that's derived from the the type of camp that Andy Reid has, and like Herbie mentioned, it's more difficult than other teams' camps. It's a little surprising that more teams haven't tried to adopt something like it, more similar to it, because it does have a track record of working at the start of seasons.
0: And the fact that he takes it away from Kansas City, uh, you know, 50 miles away up in St. Joe, he's talked about how, that's important to him to get out of the the Kansas City. Have the players in dorms versus you know driving home to their houses or apartments after after you know after practice. I'm I'm not sure it's always going to be in St. Joe. In fact, I would venture to to guess that we we might see it close you know in Kansas City if you know if and when a you know stadiums are, are reimagined and. But, but for now, he's, he, he has championed the idea
1: of taking it uh, to St. Joe, Adney Herbie. Yeah, and it's kind of, once again, it's, it's kind of like uh, what he did in Philadelphia. You know, the Eagles camp is, I think, at Lehigh University where they hold their camp. So it's, it's kind of carried over. A lot of things that he, he felt worked his first time around as a head coach, and he took it here with him. So, yeah, a lot of the stuff is, is in place, especially that I think the big thing is the structure.
0: Okay, we uh, there. There is some news, some roster news this week. Not major, um, and and not the, the roster news we might have been expecting. We'll get to Tyron Matthew here in a bit, and the and the, the potential contract ex- extension. But the Chiefs signed Alex Okafor on a one-year deal. I look at it as a uh, as, as a depth uh, move for the Chiefs. And look've got I've got good memories of him in, in a chiefs uniform he, he hadn't played for anybody else the last couple of years but it looked like he was you know he was out on the open market and um, and waiting for him to you know to wear the uniform of another team that is not going to happen Chiefs signed him back he is going to be a chief he's been hurt each of his lead to the previous couple seasons in a chiefs uniform but when he's played
1: he, he's been pretty effective hadn't he heard Absolutely. You're, you're talking about a guy who over the last couple of years has been in a situational role off the edge there. And he, he thrives at that. You know, he he can get after to the quarterback. But going back the last four seasons, that's that's been the biggest knock on him is the inability to stay healthy. But when he is healthy, he can be a force out there and the Chiefs are going to need him here Uh because of the Frank Clark situation, and, and you know, I'll let Sam take the Frank Clark situation because uh, you know, he, he's the one who blew open the, the news on that, specifically the first charge, not the second, but you know, with so much uncertainty hanging over Frank Clark's situation, you needed to get a guy in here who can bolster to death. And, and I like the signing because he's familiar with the scheme. He knows what's expected of him. He can hit the ground running as opposed to a veteran that you just sign off the street.
0: Yeah, Sam. I think a lot. A lot of us thought Melvin Ingram was going to be that guy, and uh, and Ingram signs a, a one-year deal with the Steelers uh, earlier this week or whatever it was late last week. Uh, so the Chiefs went out and made sure they you know, they, they got Okafor. Look, he was. Um, uh, I go back to 2019, the Super Bowl uh, winning season, where he played 10 games. He started nine. He had five sacks between he and Emmanuel Ogbob. They, they ended up with, uh, I think, 10 and a half of the team's 45 sacks that year. They were they were an effective duo, and Okafor was was really good. And if that guy can stay healthy, I know he's 30 years old, Sam, but if he can stay healthy, I, I think he can, he can be a contributor to this team.
2: Yeah, um, I agree with you. Unfortunately, that is a big if with him because he's had multiple injuries here in Kansas City. You know, he – had two injuries in 2019, including the, the torn pectoral muscle that eventually cost him the, uh, the, the Super Bowl run. He got put on IR at one point last year before he comes back. Um, he did not have a strong start to the season. You know, I think, like you mentioned, they lost Agba and they thought that, okay, Okafor can just eat up more snaps than he had in 2019. And he didn't do what I think that they anticipated he might with that. Um, but he came on late in the year. Um, you, you know, I think he had three sacks and two and a half of them were in like the last five games or something like that. So if that's the guy they can get, you know, this is a position we've talked a lot on this podcast that they needed to address at some point. Um, and I think it was also important that they address it with the veteran. You know, you look at Josh Kando, the draft pick, you look at Mike Dana just going into his second year, like they needed a veteran at that spot. So um, obviously a guy who's familiar with the system just adds another bonus to it.
0: Yeah, Sam, I was going to ask you about the, the depth now at the position and there is the, the there is an unknown uh, factor with Frank Clark, but you know, you're also you're talking about uh, behind Chris Jones, who we're just going to assume is, is moving to the outside. I I'm guessing he's going to take the majority of the snaps outside and not not inside. Um, so you've got, you know, Mike Dan, as you guys said, Tim Ward, Taco Charlton, Damone Harris. Um, and of course, Frank Clark, but we, we just, there's just still some uncertainty about Frank. And that'll be, of course, one of the first questions Andy Reid has asked on Friday when we get to St. Joe. But Sam, break it down for us, um, uh, the depth of the position and how Frank Clark may or may not affect it.
2: Well, you know, I absolutely expect Chris Jones will take the majority of his snap at defensive end. I mean, he's talked about the fact that he's, he's going to play out there. Um, I think his, his first word about uh, asked about it, he said, finally. Um, he's always wanted to play out there. And so he's looking at that as, as a done deal, that that's where he's playing. I still anticipate that they potentially kick him inside on third and long type situations and get another pass rusher in there. Um, you know, Derek Noddy comes out of the game. You've got Reed and Jones on the interior, possibly Wharton and Jones on the interior. And then you've got um, Frank Clark when, when he's there and, you know, a a taco Charlton type, maybe Um, we saw him in that role. And he, he, you know, he was pretty good last year before he got hurt. Um, Trying to revitalize a a first round pick, another Brett beach favorite. Um, But the the Frank Clark situation, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with that. The NFL doesn't know what's going to happen with that yet. They're still reviewing those incidents under their personal conduct matter. And, yeah, of course. There's the potential that that Frank Clark misses some games this year. We just don't know the answer to that yet,
0: right? And his his uh, his first court appearance isn't scheduled for until mid October, I believe, right? And that's for the that was for the first uh, offense,
2: right? And then you've got you know the 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 second incident, um, which still has has not had the official charges that you know Harvey reported last week or I guess it's been almost two weeks now that um, you know the the charges that came two weeks ago were from the March incident Um, he has not been officially charged yet with the June incident Um, and so we wait we wait and see what happens with that as well
0: and I was uh, remiss by failing to mention in that defensive end depth situation Josh Kando uh, the rookie who uh, will factor in as well so
2: yeah, and you, you, can't, you can't miss him. When you see him in person, you you, don't, you won't leave him out.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, one of the things I'm actually looking forward to you know, when we get to St. Joe is to see the mountain of a man that is Joshua Kane. You
2: know? Yeah, among a group of NFL players, he stands out as gigantic. <laughs>
0: um, okay, let's, uh, let's touch on the Tyron Matthew contract situation you guys follow him on Twitter. He he is such an interesting social media follow. And what was it the other day? Somebody posted or was it an NFL um, from an NFL account posting his stats and really nice stats with the chiefs, right? Where he ranks over the last couple of years and two time, you know, all pros pro selection. And his response to that was like, it doesn't, none of it matters or words to that effect. I don't have call it called up in front of me, but you know, he finds his motivation in, in, in unique places. And, um, listen, I, I can't believe that the Chiefs won't eventually get this done. It's it's just that the reason it's news is because training camp's about to start. In the past, the Chiefs have gotten this stuff done, contract extensions before training camp. Herbie, you think we'll see something pretty soon?
1: I hope so. I really pre-wrote the story. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, Story's I, written, I, so. I, I think, you know, patience is going to have to be the the driving force here. I know a lot of us want it to be done. I know the fans want it to be done. I'm sure Tyron Matthew wants it to be done. The Chiefs want it to be done. But we're just going to have to take the old wait-and-see approach. Um, You know, think about Kelsey last year when they extended him. That happened almost a week into camp. Uh, I'm sure behind the scenes they're driving the train hoping to get this thing done here at before the start of the regular season, because I don't think you want this hanging over his head. You don't want Tyron Matthew thinking he's going into the final year of his contract and the Chiefs aren't showing any kind of appreciation for what he's done since he came here. Uh, sooner or later, this thing will get done.
0: All right. I'm with you. I I, I think, I, I think you're right about that, Herbie. And um, uh, he, he wants to play here. The the, the comments that he's made to, to reporters here in Kansas city and you know, on his social media accounts suggest that he, he wants to be here. The chiefs certainly want him here. And that's something to uh, to look forward to and to read on uh, KansasCity.com because, as Herbie said, the story is already written.
2: Uh, that's what they are waiting on. I was told that's what they are waiting on. They are waiting <laughs> on to finish the story. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> All right,
0: guys, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about some camp battles and some other Happy Price. Go to your Happy Price Priceline. All right, we're back with Sam McDowell and Herbie Tiope, who cover the Chiefs for the Kansas City Star. We are just a couple of days away from training camp uh, beginning at St. Joe up at Missouri Western. Herbie, take us through the the, the calendar. What's what's going to happen the first few days of training camp?
1: First few days of camp, training camp, is strictly going to be dedicated to rookies, uh, quarterback position as well as select players. When I say select players, I'm talking about the guys who are coming off of injuries. You can expect them to be out there because they have to start their rehab early. You might even see a couple of first-year players. Uh, You know, folks who were undrafted free agents last year. Because The Chiefs are gonna have, you know, they need enough bodies out there to run some kind of practice. Uh, The veterans report on the 26th, and then they're off on the 27th, and then they hit the ground running on the 28th. uh, And then, you know, they're full-bloom. Morning practices, if you look at the the temperature projections for the next week and a half, it's going to be a hot one out there. High 90s, low 100s. So they're going to be out there, and Andy Reid, you know, going back to that structure, he knows it's going to be hot, so he wants them out there in the early morning hours. Uh, and, and then sooner or later, you, before you know it, you're in preseason mode. You know, we're only two and a half, three weeks away from preseason. Their first game will be in San Francisco uh, against the 49ers. And – yeah, we're almost there, guys. Of course, Andy, you be out there in the windbreaker
0: uh, at ninety plus. Uh, but, and, but speaking of the uh, of the first game in the schedule, um, it, it's it's going to be different. Look, just as last year was entirely different this year, you know, with no games and training camp at Arrowhead. This year, just three games, and the the start of the of the exhibition season hasn't changed. But they shaved off a game at the end, which gives teams, basically two weeks at the end of, you know, from the end of their final game until the, until the season, the regular season opener. I think that's another storyline going in is how, um, you know, how these NFL teams are going to manage a three game preseason uh, schedule. What what do we suspect Andy Reid's going to do with this? Will he treat game three, like game four previously? Uh, I think that's one of the curiosities going into spring. Sam, what do you think?
2: Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. I'm eager to see that just because of, like you mentioned, I mean, the, the gap between that game and the regular season, I don't think you want your starters sitting that long, right? So um, I, I think what's going to suffer is is those fringe roster guys are going to see less playing time, which is, you know, the, I guess the funny element of that is we talked all last year about how these fringe roster guys suffered with the fact that there was no preseason they didn't get any game tape. And now I think we're gonna have that storyline again this year that they're not gonna get enough game tape for some of these guys to potentially latch on with other teams if, if they don't make the Chiefs initial 53. Um, I, I just, I can't see them completely sitting the starters for that long um, and, and basically having three weeks off. I, I just don't think you want your, your quarterback not having thrown a pass in three weeks.
1: The flip side of this is we're entering an unknown because when you remove that that fourth preseason game, they added another regular season game. And, and when I look at what most teams around the league, including the Chiefs, uh, have done this offseason, season, they've kind of tapered back the intensity of OTAs and minicamp. You know, cutting down on some of the practices. You look at what the Chiefs did specific to that during OTAs, they concentrated mostly on the passing game and not the running game. And and like in an attempt to get their guys some rest, that's going to be, that has to play in Andy Reid's decision on what he wants to do with his starters before the start of the regular season, because now you got to prepare their bodies, not for a preseason game, but grind of the regular season with another game. So you, you know, I agree with all y'all. This is going to be fascinating to watch how they approach this.
0: Yeah. Keep in mind that in, in previous years, Game three was the game where the starters played the most snaps, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's that's what – I can't see them not playing, but maybe they don't play, you know, into the second half. Maybe they don't play into halftime because the, the guys you want to see most are those fringe roster guys. I mean, you know Patrick Mahomes is going to be starting in week one. I mean, there are some guys, though, that you wonder – um are they going to be good enough to make our roster are they going to be good enough to start potentially you know I wonder what happens with the linebacker position and a couple others that I think you'd like to see them on the field and let it play out in actual preseason games as much as training can.
0: right one of the Andy Reid staple quotes of the you know of the preseason is yeah that fourth game get a lot of good tape right a lot of good tape on guys that's what you're playing for so other teams can see you and you you know, they can't keep all 90, so you might show up uh, – you, you play well in game four and you you end up on an, another team because you played well, you're on tape. So, um, yeah, that's that absolutely something to keep an eye on, as is some of the position battles. We, we, we spent uh, part of the first segment talking about defensive end, and, of course, the obvious one is offensive line. I think that's going to be the, the storyline, the, the, the biggest observation – exercise of certainly early and maybe throughout training camp is who's going to line up on the right side of the offensive line let me ask you each who starts there um practice one where the where we get a, an offensive line on the field and who and will that be the same as game one so first practice where we have an offensive line who is on the Who's the right guard and right tackle, and who do you project to be the right guard and right tackle for the for the first game? Herbie, I'll start with you.
1: <laughs> put me on the put me on the spot here, but I'm gonna look based on what we saw out at OTAs. It would not surprise me one bit if Trey Smith, their sixth round draft pick, is starting at right guard. The guy is a monster of a man. We talked about Joshua Cando. You can't miss Trey Smith either when you see him. He's – He's got the mentality. I think, you know, he will start at right guard because Kyle Long, who was supposed to be one of the primary competitors along with Laurent DuVernay Tardis, Long is still recovering. You know, the Chiefs are high on Smith. All throughout OTAs, you even heard Andy Heck say, Hey, this guy can be a starter. You know, of course we were projecting down the road. I think it's going to be sooner than later at right tackle. I'm going to say Mike Remmers. I think, uh, you know, he, uh, you got Lucas Nane coming back. He opted out, but I don't think um, you want to have a line that could potentially have two starters. You know, two starters as rookies. I'm talking about Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. I don't think you want the other guy to be Lucas Nane because technically he is still a rookie.
0: Okay, so you've got you've got Trey Smith and Remmers leaving spring practice, going into fall camp, and then and then starting from from day one. You got the same thing, Sam.
2: Well, you know, right tackle, yes. You know, Rimmers had a good enough year last year that I, I think it's, it would take a lot to unseat him at right tackle. And I don't think Lucas Niang's going to do that. Um, at, right, at Right guard's a tricky one. I, I think, you know, for, from what I've been told, that, that Kyle Young's or Kyle Long has progressed pretty well in his rehab. If he came back early enough in training camp, I think that job would be his. You know, I think the plan was for him to start at that spot. Um, it's a little tougher to gauge what we witnessed at OTAs and minicamp because LDT missed that, the first portion of that, because he was in Canada and the, the COVID protocols about traveling here. So he just came to the mandatory minicamp. And so he was behind when he came. He's not going to be behind when he comes to training camp. Um, so, you know, I don't think that they would start Trey Smith there quite yet. Um, I, I think if Kyle, Kyle Long is, is healthy enough early enough in camp that I think the job is his. And otherwise, I, I actually do think that they would go back to DuVernay Tardif there. Boy, whatever. I disagree. <laughs> it's, it's, it's by far, you know, I mean, it's, you know, when I, when I say I think that, you know, I'm, I'm giving those guys, you know, 55 or 60 percent chance. I mean, I, I think I don't think the Chiefs know for sure who they're going to start at that, at that spot yet.
0: And whoever whoever does start, uh, you'll have. If assuming, let's say Remmers starts at right tackle, you'll have four different offensive line starters, right? Uh, Then that that started the Super Bowl, and that was obviously the objective for the Chiefs coming out of the coming out of that game and entering entering the next season. So, all right, let's. uh, uh, Where are the other position battles? Are they? I don't know if we're going to see. You know. I guess we have to break it down into just individual positions and not position groups. Um, you, you know, a year ago the Chiefs came out of their two years ago they came out of their Super Bowl victory with 20 of 22 starters returning. You know, this year it's it's fewer than that, but the, but the bulk of the team is back from 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 the Super Bowl loss to the Bucks. Um, what other potential new starters, Herbie, could we see on this uh, on the 22? We're
1: absolutely going to be looking at the wide receiver position with Sammy Watkins gone. Uh, you know, is this the year McCole Hardman? He's going to be a camp story as well. He's entering a critical third season. Is this the year he finally steps up? Because they do need the guy to replace Sammy Watkins. Their choices right now will be Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle. Uh, you know, not Cornell. Col- not Cor- yeah, Cornell. Cornell Powell, you know, their, their fifth round draft pick. He's a guy that's going to be in the mix as well. They, they like Antonio Callaway. He'll be in the mix. So it, it'll be interesting to see who eventually steps up to replace Sammy Watkins.
2: The biggest one for me is uh, cornerback. You know, I, I still think that that's a position I'm surprised if they don't have more depth at. Um, and. You know, there's there's a couple options here, and I think what I anticipate them doing is is Ward and Sneed are going to be the outside guys, but obviously most of the time you've got three cornerbacks on the field in a pass-heavy league, and Sneed played really good in the slot last year. I, I could I could see them moving him to the slot on passing downs, but then who plays that other outside position? Is it Rashad Fenton? You acquired Mike Hughes during the off season. Is it Mike Hughes? Um, I, I think that that's that's a spot that if if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm a little bit more worried about than other spots on the field. Is, is who's going to play that outside cornerback position on third downs?
1: Don't forget DeAndre Baker too. And then the key, yeah, you know, DeAndre, Baker if, before yeah. he was hurt in that regular season finale, he was having himself a game Absolutely. against that's the Charger starters. That's a great uh, point. And what is so it, you know how yeah if he starts off camp on the pup list. And then that just blows it all open there again. You know, it'll, it'll be an open competition. It'll be fascinating to watch.
0: Herbie, on, in Sunday's star, and so and it appears on KansasCity.com even now, you had a great um, uh, preview of, of Chiefs camp. I wanted to run a couple of names by you that players you identified to sort of keep your eye on. Uh, one of them is running back Jarek McKinnon, a really interesting guy to me. And I've noticed on a couple of – depth charts floating around out there that he's at number three at running back ahead of Darwin Thompson. So this is somebody
1: who, who who could factor for the chiefs. Yeah. The the unfortunate thing about OTAs is we can't say, you know, we can't fully report what we see out there. Uh, So you got to be tricky with how you do it, but I will say uh, he's impressed. I think the chiefs will do everything they can to get him involved in the offense because he provides them something different, something unique. From the the current running back stable that they have, uh, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be the starter. Then you've got Daryl Williams. He's going to be the number two. The number three guy is going to be someone who's going to be able to be a change of pace running back and someone who gives them a solid option out of the backfield as a receiver, and that's Jarek McKinnon. McKinnon can do a lot of things there. Before he was hurt in San Francisco, this guy was explosive. There's a reason why the 49ers signed him to the contract they did out of Minnesota because of his explosiveness, but he's been hurt. He's now two years removed from the ACL injury. He's fully healthy. And I think Andy Reid specifically said, you know, during OTAs, I can't wait to get this guy in camp. And <laughs> that, that's a good quote there because yeah. based on what we saw out there, I, I, I'm, I know the reason why. You know, get him in pads and see what he can do.
0: Another player that you that you had listed um, and somebody a second year player who uh, I'm 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 curious to see how he's going to perform is Bo P. Keys, the cornerback. Um, there might be some opportunity for him. Yeah, and you know
1: the, that's a cornerback that we all seem to forget about. But you know the Chiefs traded back into the draft in 2020 specifically to get Bo P. Keys. Last year was kind of like a wash. You know he didn't see a lot of action. He was dealing with a detached retina of all things, you know, in training camp. So he didn't really get the full camp reps. And then as the season progressed, he he was slowly brought along. His last game as well, um, the regular season finale against the Chargers, he had the opportunity to start, and he had a pretty good game as well. Uh, So he's a guy to keep an eye on, you know, as as we look at the cornerback position, what pieces do they have in play? And I think that he might – don't be surprised if he emerges. Very good. Well, we've got –
0: many, many camp days to discuss uh, more players, more position battles, more uh, chiefs to monitor, to keep an eye on. And I really look forward to doing that with, with you, Herbie Teopi and Sam McDowell. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll do it again soon.
2: All right. Thanks, Blair.
0: Thanks, Blair. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell for stopping by and talking Chiefs. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we have another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star plus additional stories that appear only on the website and of course they appear first on KansasCity.com after three months it auto renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel and it's a great time to subscribe read about what's going on with the Chiefs, the Royals, the colleges, our soccer teams and more. How do you get it? You go to KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. That's KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. you want more than just sports coverage? check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of the offers, you send me an email, bkirkhoff at kcstar.com, and we'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Thursday with another episode.